Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland with Pastor Sherelle. Let's talk about the things that affect the body of Christ in this world today and how we can truly impact the world. Enjoy the next song and following that will be the voice of Pastor Sherelle live in Portland. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart Magnify him now. Give him some glory. Come on, just open your voice, open your mouth and magnify him. Oh yeah, he's worthy. He's the great I am. Come on, somebody, come on. Oh yes, he is. He's the holy one. Lord bless you.
Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Light of Portland. I am your past host, Pastor Kimberly K. Black, bringing you greetings from the City of Roses. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. What an honor and a privilege and a pleasure it is to worship with you on tonight. I count it a joy that we are able to come together from the north, south, east, and the west to worship our holy God. He is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He is a mighty God. He's a faithful God. He is a loving God, and we honor him tonight. I'm going to ask Elder Catherine Brown, can you press one on your phone if you can hear me? Just want to make sure you can hear me because I'm doing something. Amen. All right. We're, we're, we're good. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are just so excited to be here on tonight, and we're thanking God for this opportunity. We want to thank God for those that make this platform possible, Bishop Stephen, Bishop Ann Butterfield in Atlanta, Georgia, and to Pastor Sherelle Pennington, our sister, our friend, the visionary of this night, the light of Portland, and to all of those men and women of God that preach week after week on this line, because I am not an island to myself. It takes hands, hands, hands to make this night be the night that it is for each of us. I don't know about you, but every Sunday night, my heart is revived. My spirit is revived and renewed because the word of God has come forth, because the prayers of the righteous have gone forth, and I'm just so excited. We are thankful to God tonight for our speaker, Elder Catherine Brown, from the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church right here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, We are going to make a few announcements. We're going to have prayer, and then we're going to have a song, and then the next voice you will hear will be that of our speaker. And so by way of announcements, I just want to tell all of you that are in the Atlanta area, mark your calendars and get your tickets. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, because you don't want to miss, don't want to play house no more. This is a play that will be happening on September the 24th. There's two shows only, 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock. This will be at the Fairchild, um, no, I'm sorry, this is sponsored by the um, Fairchild Productions uh, Company. This event will be in Marietta, Georgia at 117 North Park Square on the second floor in Marietta, Georgia. And our very own Pastor Pamela Laws is a member of the cast, amen, and she is playing the role of Mrs. Ovington, amen. So this is inspirational stage play. Don't want to play house no more. Uh, so I want you all that are in the Marietta area, please, please, please go and see this play on Sunday, September 24th. 
There's two shows only, 2 o'clock p.m. and 7 o'clock p.m. And for more information, you can call 404-834-1169. And if you plan on going, text me, call me so I can cash app you so you can buy my girl some flowers, amen, after the performance is over. So we're truly grateful. So please keep Pastor Pamela Laws lifted up in prayer. Amen. also want to make an announcement about the fourth annual women's conference that will be taking place at the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I need the saints to make some noise, make some noise, because it's about to go down. We will be at St. Paul on Friday, September 22nd, Saturday, September 23rd, Sunday, September 24th. Lady Angela Brown is our conference director and host, and we are going to come because the women have been under construction. This year, we're breaking through. We're unleashing God's power, and we are so excited about what God is going to be doing for us. Keynote speakers, prophetess E. Laura Porter from Deliverance Ministries in Temple, Texas, Um, yours truly has a workshop to do on Saturday, um, Pastor Deborah Kimber, Kimbrell from Unity Faith Church of Vancouver, Washington, will be one of our conference own. Um, Sister Johanna McCoy from Mount Olivet Baptist Church will be the conference promise. We want to invite you all that are here in the Portland, greater metropolitan area, that's Gresham, Beaverton, Hillsborough, Troutdale, Wherever you are, Vancouver, Camas, Washougal, Lake, Lacey, Longview, we want you to make your way to Portland, Oregon. Friday, September 22nd will be a candlelight praise and worship service. And if you've never seen a candlelight praise and worship service, you you need to come and experience the power of God moving in the midst of his people. It's a 7 o'clock, and everyone is, oh, you know what? This will bless my heart. Everyone is welcome on Friday night. Why? Because this is a worship experience. And worship is accessible for everybody because everybody should desire to have a more personal, intimate relationship with God. So we want to invite your husbands, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, your nieces, your nephews. Bring the babies. Let's worship the Lord together on Friday night. And then Saturday, beginning at 10 o'clock a.m., women only, women only from 10 to 3, we are going to break through. We're going to unleash God's power as we continue to be women under construction. And then on Sunday, September 24th at 10 o'clock a.m., will be the conclusion of the whole matter. The conference registration is $25. Now, you can't go nowhere and get a good conference like you're about to get this coming weekend uh, for, for $25. You're going to get a continental breakfast. You're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get lunch. And you've got three powerful speakers coming. The presence of the Lord will be there. Praise and worship will be high. The fellowship will be high and fun. And Lady Angela Brown loves to have fun. So there will be plenty of laughter going on in the house. Amen. And the thing I love about St. Paul, they are givers. So if you come, you just might be blessed and receive something. Amen. 
from the Women's Ministry of the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church. St. Paul is located at 8101 North 5th Avenue. And for more information, you can call 503-289-0147. That, again, is Friday, September 22nd through the 24th. For more information, you can call 503 503- We're looking forward to God blessing us there. And for all of you that are in our tri-cities in the Seattle area, the Spokane, Pasco, and Yakima area, guess who's coming to town? I will be in Spokane on Saturday and Sunday, October 14th and the 15th. Uh, New Hope Baptist Church Women of Hope will be sponsoring their fall fellowship tea on Saturday, October 14th at 3 o'clock p.m. at the Emmanuel Family Life Center, Right Hand, Washington. So I want to see all my brothers and sisters there on Saturday. And then Sunday morning on the 15th, we will be at New Hope with Pastor James and Lady LaShawn Watkins, bringing forth a word to encourage the body of Christ. What an honor, what an exciting time we are getting ready to go into. So if you have announcements that you would like to share and you want the community to come, you want your brothers and sisters to be there, please email me at gssmbc at yahoo.com, and I will make those announcements for you. Amen. I'm going to ask um, the executive pastor of the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, Elder Kathy Miniweather, I'm going to bring her um, live now and ask you, Elder, to take us to the throne of grace in our opening prayer. Following our opening prayer, we will have a song. The next voice you will hear will be that of our speaker, Elder Catherine Brown. I yield this call Lord to God, you, for Elder who you Catherine are. We bless you tonight, Lord God. Because of your goodness and your grace, we bless you, Lord God, tonight for this opportunity, Lord God, just to be in your presence. Oh God, we honor you, Father, for who you are, and we give your name the glory. We give your name the praise, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, oh God, from the rising of the sun to the going down of that same sun, oh God. How we honor you tonight. How we bless your holy name, Lord God. Yes, Lord God, we come to worship you, oh God, tonight. We come to praise you, Lord God. We come to pour out our love and our adoration upon you. For this is the day, Lord God, you made and you brought us to this hour, Lord God. Father, this is your appointed time for us to come together at at this hour, oh God, to worship you and to praise you and to bless your holy name. So, Lord God, we are here. We understand we are here by your grace. We understand we are here by your mercies, oh God. We understand we are here by your loving kindness. So, Lord God, we honor you tonight in this place. Lord God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness, oh God. We thank you for your tender mercies, oh God, and we bless the Lord tonight. Lord God, we pray, oh God, as we come before you tonight, we pray, oh God, in expectation that you will speak to us, oh God, that you will continue to pour out a rain of word, Lord God, even 
receive it upon your people tonight, oh God. May it continue to set our hearts on fire, Lord God, that we can do the work that you have called us to do. Lord, we pray tonight that someone will be encouraged. We pray tonight that someone's faith will be strengthened. Lord God, even that someone's faith may be tested, oh God. But Lord God, whatever you do, Lord God, we pray that you will be glorified. Father, we thank you. We bless you in this hour for such a time as this. We seek your faith, oh God. We seek your anointing, oh God. We cry out to your spirit to take the lead in the house of prayer. We cry out to you, oh God, to have your way, oh God, in your people, Lord God. Set our hearts on fire. Let your love flow, Lord God. Let your spirit reign, Lord God. And Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Now, Lord God, we pray Pray for the woman of God that will bring forth your word tonight. Use her, Lord God, according to your will. Use her, Lord God, according to your power, Lord God. Let your spirit take her, Lord God. Use her voice, oh God. Let us hear a word from the Lord. For, Lord God, we are living in perilous times. We are living in dangerous times. Father, sin is crouching at the door, oh God, and we are asking, oh God, that our hearts will be right. We are crying out to have a right spirit, oh God, before you, oh God. So, Lord God, use the woman of God tonight according to your will. Father, bless every home that is represented on this call tonight. Bless the ones, oh God, who want to be here and cannot be, oh God. For you are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You are an everlasting God. You are our Father, oh God, and we bless your name, Lord God. Lord, we honor you in this place. You are worthy to be praised. Lord God, you know what we all stand in need of. But the beautiful thing about you, Lord, you can pour out a blessing for one. You can pour out a blessing for another. And, Lord God, it will be different for each of us because you know what we stand in need of. So, Lord God, we bless you. Lord God, we honor you. And, Lord God, we give your name the praise because, Lord God, even the breath that we breathe is from you, oh God. So, Lord God, we pray tonight that you will set our feet to dancing and a worship of you, O oh God, because, Lord God, you're doing a new thing in us, and we want to be found in the center of your perfect will, Lord God. And, Lord God, forgive us of all our sins and trespasses. Forgive the nation, Lord God, tonight. Forgive those, O oh God, that have been sleeping, Lord God, at the helm, whatever it is, O oh God, that you're doing. Father God, we honor you tonight because, Lord God, everything we have is yours. So use us now, Lord God, in this hour of darkness. Use us now, Lord God, according to your will, according to what you created us to do. Lord God, we bless you. Lord God, we honor you. Lord God, we give your name the glory. We give your name the praise. And Lord God, we ask it all tonight as you pour out your healing virtue, as you pour out your deliverance, Lord God, as you open blinded eyes, as you set the captive free, Lord God, as you shake up things in the house, Lord God. Your word said, Lord God, you are a consuming fire. So Lord God, fall afresh on your church. Stir up, oh God, to a life of holiness. Stir us up to a life of praise, oh God, and stir us up to a life of servitude because, Lord God, we want to be your servants and we want the 
We thank you for your mighty acts. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who makes it all possible. We thank you for the power of your anointing, Lord God. And we thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for wisdom. Lord God, tonight we come with thankful hearts. We come with grateful hearts. And Lord God, we bless your holy name. And Father, we will be so careful to give your name the honor, give your name the glory, and give your name the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. And we count it all joy just to be where you are tonight. We count it all joy just to be called one of yours. We count it all joy because you have the final say. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, you are sovereign and almighty God. And Father, we bless you now. We praise you now. We thank you now. And we honor you as we worship you, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray and we ask it all and we count it all joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord God. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. Thank you, Jesus. Adoration and glory, it belongs to you always. Oh, you deserve my worship. Yes, you do, Lord. You deserve my praise. Adoration and glory belongs to you always. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I just want to thank him for staying. Oh, 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. You do deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. You are holy. You are righteous. You are a great God. You are a holy God. You're an awesome God. You're my God. You are the God of all creation. And Lord, I just enter into this time of worship with you and with the saints of God assembled in this room. Oh, glory to your name, God. I want to thank you tonight, oh God, for just allowing us to be with one another, to be together one more time, Lord, to be able to lift up the name of Jesus and the word of God amongst brothers and sisters near and far. I want to be careful, Lord, to thank you, Lord, not just for being God of my life and God of all creation and God of all the people that are a part of the kingdom of God, oh God. Hallelujah. But I want to thank you, God, for Pastor Black and Pastor Sherelle. God, I thank you, Lord, for their urging. Oh, God, I thank you for the fellowship. I thank you for the Butterfields, oh, God, and the light of Portland. And, Lord, I just feel this word burning in my spirit tonight, God. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for giving me something to say, oh, God, for you, oh, God, to stand up, oh God, and speak the word of God to proclaim what thus saith the Lord, oh God. So I'm asking right now, God, as I'm acknowledging, thanking, and praising God, but I'm praying too, oh God, that you would just have your way. Be in the midst, oh God, of our conversation tonight. Uh, And Lord, I feel, Lord, that while we don't know who's on the line, God, I don't know, but you know, God. And so whatever the words are, God, that I have prepared, oh God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, take command of them, God, and order order them, God, according to who uh, has been gathered tonight, compelled by your spirit, God, pulled in by your calling, by your urging, oh God, so that this word might penetrate our hearts, oh God, and help us and encourage us on tonight, God. All these things I do ask in the precious name of Jesus, and for your sake and honor and your glory, I pray. I also want to acknowledge my pastor, Pastor Craig L. Brown of the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church, the great under-shepherd, as well as uh, my friend and First Lady Elder Angela Brown, who stirred us up on this morning, oh God, talking about God was not finished with us yet. What I want to share tonight is something I've been wrestling with for a couple of months now, and the Lord had pressed on my heart to really be studying in the book of Galatians. And it has so penetrated my heart that I'm going to continue where the Lord has uh, left me. And I want to come from Galatians chapter 5 tonight, and I want to speak about uh, verses 7 through 8. I may read a little bit more, but let's just go right to the word in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. Amen. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. This is from the book of Galatians, from the English Standard Version. that God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and living according to his holy word. Amen. Well, I've been watching as many of you may have last month, and hopefully some of you are track and field fans like I am, but I'll tell you that Lord did something different in my spirit this year as I was watching uh, last month the World Track and Field Championships and 
uh, thinking about the Olympics that are coming up in Paris in 2024, some 300 and maybe 10 days away, maybe 15 days away. But having grown up uh, participating in sports, uh, many different athletic events, and being a track and field participant from a young age, I couldn't help but uh, be caught up in finding myself watching uh, what was going out and playing out on the world stage. Uh, these championships were taking place in Budapest, Hungary, as they do take place all over the world. Uh, but as I was watching this nine-day sort of series of events, most of what I got to watch, uh, my brothers and sisters, was on recording because, like many of you, were bivocational. We uh, work in the vineyard of God as servants of God, but we work full-time, amen, in the, uh, many of us in the secular job in order to do uh, what God has called us to accomplish. Amen. And so I'm watching and I'm enjoying these things. And in the middle of one of the evenings when I was watching the replay, the Lord was speaking to me about seeing the things and watching things in the natural, but saying, you know, you need to elevate your thought and your reflection and your perception of what you're seeing to a different level, to a, a higher level, to a, to a spiritual level. And as I was looking and listening to the Spirit of the Lord but enjoying the races, it just stuck out how the Lord was saying you were running a good race, but who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? And this thought popped into my mind around the time that in one of the races that I was watching, uh, it was a four by 400 relay race, and the last runner for one of the teams uh, was literally 10 meters from the finish line, and another runner ran on the inside, was pressuring from the backward, ran on the inside and took the inside lane, and the runner that was positioned to win the race fell down, dropped the baton, and their team never finished. And as I was watching that horrific thing happen to this particular team, the Lord said, look at what I have to say in my word about running about the race, the real race that you're in, and cause yourself to think and reflect that you were running a good race and who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. And last week when I was meditating on this, the Lord, the thought he had on my mind was, uh, who interrupted your good race? Amen. But uh, it's more than who interrupted or cut us off in our good race. The Lord is encouraging us tonight my brothers and my sisters, just to keep on running a good race, period. Keep on running a good race no matter where you're at, no matter where you're running from, no matter which stage, age, lane, condition, position that we are in. The Lord is saying keep running a good race. And that's the thought I want to speak to from tonight. And as I, I think about running the race and, and, and running well, uh, I'm thinking about well, what is it that causes us in this race that the Lord has set us free to run for Jesus? What is it about this good race that we started on? Some maybe a week ago, some a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, and even more. Somebody listening tonight has been running with Jesus for a long time. Amen. Maybe even 50 years, but I want to encourage you tonight, whatever place you're running your race from, the Lord is saying, keep running a good race no matter what. And recognize that there are forces that are operating in our lives that are set up 
to interfere, to interrupt, to cut off, to prevent, to stop us finishing the race, from finishing the course, from finishing the path that God has us on. And God wants us to recognize that that good race that we started on, amen, that's the good race that he wants us to continue to apprehend, take hold of, and finish strong. And when we're looking, as I was looking at the book of Galatians, um, Paul is the writer of the book of Galatians, and he wrote the letter to the churches in Galatia. And this is a region uh, that is in, was in Central Asia Minor, and that's an area today we would uh, call Central Turkey. And rather than writing this letter to a single church, as Paul normally did, he wrote it to a group of churches. Paul had founded a number of churches, and he was concerned about what was going on in the churches in Galatia. Uh, what he understood, learned, and found out about the church that he had planted, churches he had planted on his first and second missionary journeys, was the believers uh, were now being influenced by Judaizers, amen, Jews who were teaching that salvation required keeping of the Mosaic law. Specifically, they were telling Gentile converts that they needed to be circumcised They had to be circumcised in addition to believing in Jesus in order to be part of God's family, part of the church of God. And so we find this setting where Paul is writing uh, the book of Galatians, and in the fifth chapter, coming back to strongly admonish believers to let them know, when I planted this church, when you got grounded and rooted In the Lord, when the Lord tenderized your heart, amen, when you became a believer, Gentile converts, as well as Jewish people who converted from Judaism to Christianity, when I planted this church, when you fell in love with Jesus, you were running well. But now I find you accepting and believing a different gospel. These false teachers had penetrated the churches and had created a division in the church that was in opposition to what Paul, from the Holy Spirit, from God, was teaching that we were saved by grace through faith. Salvation is of Jesus, Jesus alone, the person and work of Jesus. It is his grace, God's grace, that we are able to receive through faith. Nothing that we're doing is the gift of God. And so Paul was perplexed and Paul was concerned to find these believers had been deceived and were being deceived to receive a different gospel. Amen. Paul was shocked, in fact, and Paul was distressed that they were so easily influenced. As you read the entire book of Galatians, we see that even in chapter 1, Paul had reminded the churches in Galatia that there was no other gospel. In fact, he said to them in chapter 1, verse 69, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, brothers and sisters. There's only one, but Paul was even going on so far to tell them as he was strongly talking and admonishing them 
even if an angel from heaven would come down to preach to you a gospel that was contrary to the one that Paul had preached, Jesus Christ and him crucified it, crucified the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, salvation through the grace of God, through faith alone, if it was possible even for a contrary gospel to be preached by an angel from heaven, that person, that angel would be accursed. Amen? So Paul is speaking very strongly to the churches then and to us today as believers, as individual believers, and as a body of baptized believers in the churches, even the churches in Portland, Oregon, hallelujah, to say if anyone is preaching a different gospel, that person is accursed. Amen. And so as I was struggling with this, Lord, you know, uh, from one stance, who's interrupting your race, from another stance to the Lord saying, be encouraged. Just be encouraged and keep running the race. Amen. I'm looking at this uh, from the perspective of we are running a good race. All that are assembled that have accepted Christ, we all know that it's not of our works. Amen. It's through the grace of God. Even the faith that we have was given to us by God. Amen. And Paul was making it clear to me as I was enjoying the World Track and Field Championships and thinking about planning my trip to Paris for the Olympics in 2024. Yes, I said, Lord, I want to sit. And the Lord said, you can see, you can enjoy, but what I want you to really focus on, amen, is the race that you're running for the real prize, amen, the race that you're running for life, for the real prize, and don't let any other gospel, any false teaching come in and take away from you the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified and him being buried and him rising from the dead with all power that tells us that he is enough, that the blood of Jesus is enough. Amen. And so as we think about running well, and we think about the fact that as preachers and pastors and laity and as just members of the body of Christ, amen, Paul is reminding us uh, to be discerning, to be prayerful, but to recognize that false teaching is about, was abounding then and it's running rampant today, amen. Not at any church probably re- represented in the room tonight, amen, but the bottom line is that we are members of the ecclesia. We are members of the family of God, all the churches, and any false deception, any false teaching, amen, that hinders someone from receiving Jesus Christ is something that we all, like Paul, who was defending the truth, who is standing up for Christ, making sure that converts, amen, those that were new babes in Christ and those that had been part of the church for a long time, that they didn't accept any other gospel, and in fact, that they didn't try to add works to the fact, amen, that Jesus Christ alone was sufficient for our salvation. So as we think about the text tonight, I'm hearing the Lord saying, keep running a good race, amen, and recognize that a little bit of leaven, a little bit of sin, a a slight inclination to allowing error, uh, just a few false teachers can ruin not just false teachers, preachers, but just any allowing any old kind of doctrine, teaching uh, that's different from the word of God 
can ruin the whole church, right? A little bit of leaven, he said, a slight error, a, a little bit of sin, a, a few false teachers can ruin and pervert the concept of faith and mislead the church of God. I like it in the message version where it says you were running superbly, and I was caused to think about um, when we first accepted Christ. If you think back when Jesus, when you fell in, in love with Jesus and nobody couldn't tell you anything different, nobody couldn't turn you around, nobody couldn't, even those that would attack you as a new babe in Christ, you were going to stand up for Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noonday, Jesus at night. You would defend and go toe-to-toe like Paul was against these false teachers. Amen. You go toe-to-toe with anybody because you're running superbly. You're running a race for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As we think about what might cut in on our race, what might hinder us, what might deflect us from a true course of obedience, true service, to the Most High God, to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The one who called us in the first place, the one who saved us, the one whose blood covers us, the one who is protecting us, the one who knows the beginning from the end. Amen. He wants us to continue to run a superb race. Amen. And not to be influenced, all right, by any other teaching that runs afoul of the 66 books in the canonized Bible. Amen. That we have received and that that word of God, the truth of God that is burning in our hearts, burning in our members, burning in our minds, and in our love and our service for God and for one another, don't let anything come in there and stop that superb race that's underway. Amen. So Paul is telling them, you started good, but something's crept in, and somehow you're losing faith in God's grace, and you're starting to do all these legalistic things, these performance-based religious activities like circumcision, like dietary things, like basically um, you might not be able to fellowship, amen, from whatever different sex, you, sex, not sex, sex, different areas that you're from. You couldn't fellowship together. I hear the Lord reminding us, amen, that what I was watching and enjoying in the track and field and looking forward to in the Olympics uh, that I found out in my study that God has quite a bit to say about running a race. And, in fact, Paul was teaching from a perspective that was very familiar, amen, with the churches in Galatia. They were used to Olympic Games. They were used to the Isthmian Games, Isthmian Games, excuse me. And so they could receive what Paul was teaching in relationship to their perspective around races and competition, amen? Paul also uses this metaphor of race. Throughout the New Testament, he tells um, us in the second chapter of Galatians, where he actually went and sat down with the church leaders, with James, John, and Peter. He sat down with the church leaders to talk with them about the gospel that he had been called by God to preach to the Gentiles. Amen. And he sat down with those leaders of the church to make sure that he said, I didn't want to run my race in vain. And the Lord was saying, you know, whatever you're doing for the Lord, pastor, preacher, teacher, minister, servant, laity, whatever you're doing for the Lord, 
God has put a cover over us. God has put a head over us. God has put leadership over us who submit to the authority of the word of God, who follow after God. We need to make sure every now and then to check ourselves and make sure what we're doing is in line with the, the pastor, amen, that God has set over us. Paul said he didn't want conflict with him and the leaders. He wanted to make sure that they would stand firm for salvation by grace and grace alone. Amen? The Bible doesn't say anywhere that I could find whether Paul was an athlete in his younger years. He used so many references to running races and running the Olympic races. You have to wonder whether or not he had some experience in racing himself. The reality is what he did understand was the call of God on his life to preach and proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified, dead, buried, and risen to the Gentiles so that they could receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and become part of the family of God, not just for the Jews that others were called to preach to, but to the Gentiles. Amen. So what does it look like? The Lord, I said, Lord, what does it look like to run a good race? I think I'm running a good race. I felt like I was running a good race. I'm trying to do what God said do, not out of legalism, although we ran down that path too, many of us, amen. You know, I might have done something that the Lord was not pleased with. Let me tithe more. Let me work more. Let me do, no. God loves us, amen. He doesn't love the sin. He's delivered us from the sin. His blood paid the price for our sin. He doesn't want to leave us in the condition we were in, amen, when we accepted that grace. But at the same time, he wants us to know, like a runner that's training for the Olympics, that's training for the World Track and Field Championships, amen, and for anybody who watched the U.S. Open who trains to win the major tennis events, any sporting event, God wants us to remember there's going to be some hardship. Yes, there's going to be some hardship. There's going to be... Uh, endurance, there's going to be some setbacks, there's going to be some trials, there's going to be some tribulations, there's, you're going to get cut off every now and then, you're going to fall, we're going to make some mistakes, the Lord was saying, but get up, clean yourself off, stand up and get back in the race and keep running, run in the power of God, run in the power of the salvation that we've been given, run, 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 God is saying despite whatever we are encountering, whatever challenges, and even as Paul related throughout the New Testament, the threat of death, Christians, believers must continue to run the race that Christ has marked out for us. Amen. We've got to run the race. That good race includes showing the love, the love for God, the love of God, not only for and to God, but for one another. Paul, in First Peter, I should say, I read it says, love one another deeply from the heart. Part of running that good race is you love the brethren. Amen. You love God. Amen. Love. John said it well, the 13th chapter. They will know that we are Christians by our love. Amen. They'll know because love is the most excellent way. They'll know because love is a, a mantle that we wear, not puffed up, not boasting in ourselves, but the love of God that has transformed us, changed us, and given us everything we need to run this Christian race. I've been reminded to run the good race. We have to recognize, amen, that Paul was telling us. Paul was telling me. I heard it clearly, Lord. Paul was saying, you got to check yourself, amen. You got to make sure that you're aware that there are forces set against us 
that want to interrupt our race, not just in the natural sense, but in the spiritual sense. Amen? And as I was reflecting, the Lord was saying, you got to remind yourself, church, be like a Berean when it comes to the teaching of the gospel. Yeah, they receive the word of God with eagerness. And then what they do, they examined everything they heard and compared it with the scripture. They studied the word for their own selves, show their own selves approved by God, rightly dividing the word of God. Amen. Does what's being taught, does what's being preached line up with the gospel? Amen. If it lines up with the gospel, amen. If it doesn't line up with the gospel, I believe God is reminding us, don't receive it. Amen. God reminded us that there are uh, other people, um, most of us couldn't help but see, uh, For even if you're not a track fan, uh, Shikari Richardson and what happened in her race, how she became the uh, uh, American winner of the 100-meter dash from lane nine. And it was improbable that she would win. She got in on time, not by being one of the top finishers, but she finished that race. She won that race. And people were like, she did it from lane nine. What did she do? She said, I couldn't see anybody else. They were all blocked out. She hadn't run a race from uh, lane nine. The Lord is reminding us every now and then he's got to set us apart. He's got to set us aside. He's got to help make us see straight ahead and see clearly and see that our help is going to come from him like Shikari did as she repented from the things that she had done and how she was humiliated on the world stage and how the haters had all come out. And she just got with God. She just started praying with God. And the Lord was saying, Catherine, everybody assembled tonight, like Shakar, you have a platform, not just from preaching every now and then, not just from teaching. I'm not, the Lord is saying it's not all about everything that you're doing inside the church. It's about the life that you're living. And when you're given a platform, it's Jesus what's coming out. Amen? Are they seeing Jesus? Are they hearing Jesus? Do they see the love of God? And Shakari said, all she said is, I'm not back. I'm better. But what she did show, besides the crucifix braided in her hair, the earrings, was talking about her faith, acknowledging God, praising God, recognizing the world might have turned their back on her, but God never did. God picked her up, lifted her up, and put her in a race where all the distractions and all the haters, amen, were out of her mind. And she just ran her race. And the Lord said, you got to run the race I marked out for you. You're not really competing against other human beings. You are running the race that God gave you to run, that he called you to serve. Amen. I loved it. My brothers and my sisters, when Noah Lyle said, after he won the 100 and the 200, yes, I am a, a track and field fanatic, but the Lord is showing me spiritually. There's some good stuff in the people that he created and the platform he's given to teach his truth. And Noah Lyle said, after he won, he said, they said I wasn't the one, but I thank God that I am. Hallelujah. Bad company will corrupt good character, but I'll tell you what, the word of God, serving God, acknowledging God, lifting up the name of Jesus, believing in the trust, and trusting in God, now that will serve us well in the race that we're running. Amen. I loved it today or yesterday when I was listening to Coco Goff, who is a 19-year-old sensation who just ran, won the U.S. Open, and she talked about the haters, how she thanked everybody, what grace God give, has given this young woman. 
And she thanked the people who didn't believe in her. A lot by my pastor, Pastor Craig, has reminded us from the word of God, but there's some people, there's some haters out there, people that are not going to believe in you, people that actually want us to fail, my brothers and my sisters, right? But I loved it when she said those, she said, I want to thank those who thought they were putting water on my fire. They were actually adding gas to it. Now I'm burning so bright. Amen. Acknowledging God because she said he's the one that gave her trials and tough, or tribulations and tough trials so that he could prepare her for the triumph. Amen. We have to recognize that, yeah, we got haters, but we don't have to focus on the haters. We got to focus on God. We got to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and recognize that the real adversary, amen, Satan, which in Hebrew means adversary, that's the real force behind the hatred of the brethren, behind the hatred of the people of God, the one that is seducing humans into sin or falsehood, the one that was kicked out of heaven, the accuser of the brethren, recognize that we have a real, a real enemy, amen, but that our protection comes from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every believer, amen, and so as we look at Galatians and they're talking about Judaizers, false teachers, Jewish false teachers who are plaguing the church, recognize my brothers and my sisters that it's not just others who we allow to trip us up, but Satan is always roaming to and fro, looking for someone to devour. And we got to resist Satan with the word of God, with the trust that God has given us in his word, in his power, in the power of the blood that covers us. Amen. And also the Lord reminds us, don't let your own self be the one that sets you up for failure. We all know God reminds us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. We love him because he loved us first. And he's demonstrated his love. So why is it that we want to ah, somehow get in God's way to trip our own self up? Amen. And I'm thinking about the Lord saying, Catherine, people of God, keep running a good race. Run the race. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 26, he said, ultimately, we're running for the real crown. We're running for the crown, the eternal prize that we get Amen, for obeying the truth. Why, obeying the truth, amen, that God has given us, amen, we're going to win that race. We're going to win that eternal prize. We're going to win that crown of glory. And so the Lord has reminded us in his word from Galatians that the race is the Christian life. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're called to stay the course and remain faithful to the end. Paul says each of us is enabled to be a winner in the race God has set forth before us. And so we got to run it in such a way to get the prize, not somebody else's award, not somebody else's uh, prize, but the eternal prize, amen, the eternal prize that the, the life that God has given us down here on earth, amen, what we have apprehended through faith in Christ is the prize that God has set us up to win. Paul compared the athlete's crown to the eternal prize. And he reminds us to get a crown that will last. Amen. We got to keep our eyes trained on Jesus, the author and finisher of our life, 
his goal and his purposes that are being worked out in us because he has given us himself, because we have gained Christ, amen, that we, he basically has reminded me through what I'm watching in the natural, through his word, through the spirit of God, amen, that that eternal prize that's better than gold, that's better than anything down here that we could possibly want, amen, anything that God has set aside, as he says in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, right, that crown that he set aside, the righteous judge has set aside for all of us. Amen. I'm looking at it. He says, Paul, as he was talking about the end of his life, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. And so as I wrap this up, I keep hearing the spirit of the Lord say, no matter where you're at, run the race that I've marked out for you. Run the good race that you started. Recognize that there are forces, people, and spiritual forces arrayed against God that hate God and hate God's people that are going to try to trip you up. But you press on anyhow. You embrace the race that I gave you. You run the race that I marked out for you. And keep on running for Jesus. Keep on praying for Jesus. Keep on preaching. Keep on teaching. Keep on trusting. Keep on interceding. Keep on serving. Keep on loving. Keep on singing. Keep on defending the faith. Keep on running the race marked out for you. Hallelujah. And as we embrace our race from trials, he will take us from trials and tribulations to triumph. And while we're down here, somebody that might be feeling a little bit tired needs to know that we need to have in our spirit that old gospel song that says, I'm running for Jesus. I've been running for Jesus for a long time, and I'm not tired yet because the power of God that's been unleashed in me the power of the Holy Ghost, the seal that I've received because I got that salvation from Christ through grace of God, through faith, that power working in me is going to carry me through to triumph. And that is the message and the word of God for tonight. Keep running the race, the good race marked out for you. And that is the word the Lord has given me for tonight. Pray. Amen. Amen. A blessing in the hearing of the word. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Elder Brown, for that word on tonight. My brothers and sisters, keep running the good race. Oh, my goodness. What a, a word to encourage us. You know, we don't know what each other are going through and what we're facing. But a word like this tonight can speak to everybody, to encourage everybody not to give up, not to give in, but continue to press, continue to run, because God is our strength, God is our helper, God is our keeper. Thank you, Elder Brown, for such a powerful word on tonight. I pray that something tonight has been said to encourage the body of Christ, to intensify your love relationship with him, 
and to cause you to seek him even the more. I've been saying this for the past month, and I'm going to keep saying it, that it catches our attention. When the people of God get a hunger and thirst for the word of God, we will then experience a revival that God has for us. It's not a preacher coming to your city. It's not an evangelist coming to your church. It's not a prophetess coming to the town. It's not a prophet coming through the city. It's us having a hunger and thirst for the word of God, and then we will experience revival. Thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you for being with the Light of Portland family. I pray that you have a blessed and prosperous week. I want you to know that I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Until next Sunday, be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Horns, hit me. Around here to show you and I, we clear.